Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to History Dweeps. I am Tim, and I'm joined, as always, by Brandy Blue-Haired Herman. How are you today, Brandy? I'm well, Tim. How are you? I'm outstanding. And of course, spectacular. Spectacular. And also, we have with us today um, the distinguished um, Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Where does weather got my rheumatism flaring up a little bit? But other than that, I'm I'm doing good, Timmy. Thank you for asking. We're glad to hear that. Today's topic is. Um, Gregoria Rasputin. And um, tell us, Colonel, you, you, of course, you know a little bit about Rasputin. Well, I know. I know. I used to, this used to be one of my kids' favorite stories. Rasputin? I, Rasputin, yeah. I used to talk to my kids, tell the story to my kids all the time. Why would you tell your kids stories about Rasputin? It's got the brave hero. It's got the the, the beautiful girl locked in the tower okay, with the long ass, hat. not Rapunzel. <laughs> Not Rapunzel. No, oh it's not Rapunzel. No, 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 uh, no Colonel. No, no talking uh, for you. On. I got to hold on. I'm gonna have to get some new notes. <laughs> Who are we talking about here? Now we're talking about uh, Gregoria um, Rasputin. And for those of you who are not familiar with the story Rasputin, he was a a little bit of everything. Wouldn't you say, Brandy? He was a mystic. He was a drunk. Well, he tried to be a little bit of everything. Yeah, he was a holy man. He was a whoremonger. He was a homeless guy, but he had a gift of gab. And um, he's a very interesting uh, character in history and um, would have just remained uh, just your average normal mist, uh, neighborhood Nerdy mystic. Nerdy well. well. Had it not been for him being introduced to the Czar of Russia. So, well, Brandy, uh, and also, I, I might add, he had what was reported to be a thirteen-inch. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll get we'll get into his thirteen yeah. uh, inches. They got it in the jaw That's in the museum. They do, they do. Okay, okay. So, but let's all right. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, Brandy, let's go back to um, the mid eighteen hundreds. Well, and a lot of this stuff I'm not going to be able to pronounce, so I'm just going to kind of do the best I can. But Grigory Rasputin um, was born the son of a well-to-do peasant and a coach driver. How can you be a well-to-do? A well-to-do peasant? I don't know. I guess because you're above-average peasant. Does that mean you got shoes? What's that mean? Well-to-do peasant. Maybe it means he had food. I don't know. He's Doesn't matter. Better than his, the average peasant. Well-to-do peasant. So stop it. So was they snobby? He was kind of a snob. Did they look down on other peasants? Maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there. (laughs) We're sorry. But they were out, well, you know, and I don't know know how much they had to compare it to out in the West Siberian Plain. Yeah, yeah. They're probably... Because you're kind of out in BFE. Yeah, there's probably a lot of um, a lot of peasants out there. What do you probably? I don't know that there's a lot of people, peasants or otherwise, out there. Yeah, but if there if there's people out there, they're probably peasants. Because who would choose to live there? They had well. That's where you get exiled. It's not like South Beach or something. That's where you get exiled. Exactly. Siberia. They had the good turnips. They had better turnips than other peasants. Yeah, they did. And and better burlap clothes. You know, the the burlap clothes. Okay. The peasants. Eighteen sheets. uh, Yeah. From holy sheets. Nineteenth century. Siberia. Go so ahead. he um, he was born on. It looks like he was born. 
there's a, it's hard to tell. Uh, he was born in 1869. They're not exactly sure of the date. Um, but he was born to this peasant uh, out in the Siberian Plain. Um, the parish the parish register contains the following. The entry for the 9th of July in 1869 says the peasant of Yefim Rasputin and his wife, they're both Orthodox, uh, was born his son, Grigori. The next day he was baptized and named after St. Gregory of Nisa, and they had a feast on January 10th. So we're all very excited about that. Well, the peasants had a feast? They, 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 had had they, they were well off. These were well-to-do peasants. They were well-to-do peasants. Yeah. Maybe they had pigs. I don't know. He was the fifth of nine children. Ooh. Well, only two survived, so they weren't good parents. Well, things were probably pretty rough, I imagine. Well, they're in Siberia, so yeah. I imagine so. Yeah, the, the infant mortality rate was probably um, not very... They had to eat three of them. Grigori and his sister. He had a sister named Fetusaya. Fetusaya? Fetusaya. Fetusaya. F-E-O-D-O-S-I-Y-A. Can you say it any better now? I didn't name the girl. I, I would not I, I didn't just, name her either. But he had a sister. What happened to Jenny? Why he had can't a he sister. Well, the girl, Jenny? I don't know what happened to Or Amy. I don't know. Yeah, just, they died. Yeah. They died. They, they got eight. So, um, but he never attended school. And according to a census done in 1897, almost everybody in the village was an Ill, was illiterate. Yeah. He wasn't a, I mean, he, he didn't he, have any formal educated, educated people. Right. Um, in his village, Rasputin was regarded as an outsider, but he they believed he was endowed with mysterious gifts besides his tallywhacker. Oh, he was endowed all right. Yeah. He was endowed. That word um, got around quickly. Now, here's... He had... His limbs jerked, he shuffled his feet, and he always kept his hands occupied. Despite his physical tics, he always commanded attention. Um... But despite, I would think, because of he whatever, whatever's known about his childhood was passed down actually by his daughter Maria. So there's nothing written down because all these people were walking around illiterate. So uh, my guess is he had Tourette's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not what it sounded like. Yeah, to me. my guess is he had Tourette's and, and whatever. Yeah, so. and they said he didn't even like speak in complete sentences. He would just like throw nouns out or verbs and. <laughs> I was reading that too. It was thinking really strange. Yeah. So, but in 1887, he ma- he got married to a young, lovely young lady that I cannot say her name at all. It's a bunch of consonants there. Um, who was three years older than he was. And together, they had three children, Dimitri, Vavara, and Maria. Uh, and two, they had two other sons that died at a very young age. And... 1892, Rasputin left his village, left his wife, left his parents, left all his kids. He left the village. He spent several months in a monastery um, in, in, I don't know where that is. Was it Kiev? No, it was not Kiev. I wish it was Kiev because uh-huh. that would be much easier. It was, it was outside Kiev. Uh, sure. We Anytime you're in Russia can't pronounce the city, yes. say outside Kiev. Okay. Um, somebody suggested that he do that after the death of a child, but the monastery was enlarged in those years to receive more pilgrims. Outside the monastery um, lived a hermit by the name of Brother Macri. Macri had this huge influence on Rasputin, which led to him giving up drinking and eating meat. Um, when he arrived back home, he'd become a zealous convert. So he went so he went out, went to this monastery that it doesn't sound like it was a Christian monastery. Um, found his religion and came back a zealot. That's how he got the nickname the Mad Monk. <laughs> they called him the Mad Monk. Yeah, the Mad Monk. Yeah. He claimed he had visions of Our Lady of Kazan, and that had turned him towards the life of a religious mystic. And around 1893, he traveled to Mount Athos, um, but he said he told Make, Makery that he left shocked and profoundly disillusioned. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, in nineteen by nineteen hundred, he was identified as a religious wanderer. And although he always went home to help his family with the sowing and the harvest, he was re, he was regarded um, as an elder um, or a holy fool, if 
depending on who you ask, by any of his followers. Rasputin did not consider himself to be uh, a starret. They were usually older and lived in seclusion and in silence, so it sounded like a monk for his religion. Yeah, he was anything but a monk. Yeah. And he had the Tourette, so he couldn't be silent. Yeah, but according to Baroness Sophie Boxhoveyedin... Sure. Yeah. um, He was getting there. He was this close. Taking baby steps. He was. So, um, he spoke a lot of time, incomprehensibly. He had a Siberian dialect. He was very, very hard to understand. Um, And, you know, he never... It's said that he never produced a clear and understandable sentence. There was always something missing. The subject, the predicate, yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so he's just, just tossing words about. Now, Timmy does that to us yeah. every once in a while, too. Yeah. Um, it's obvious that he did not preach or speak in public, but in 1902, private gatherings in his home had to be disbanded. So he was holding small meetings, but he wouldn't speak out to a large congregation. He, he, he started getting a little following. Yeah. Yeah. So he's Jim Jones. <laughs> kind of. He's Jim Jones of the early 1900s. So in 1903, he did spend some time in Kiev. Where he went to another monastery. He went to the Monastery of the Cave. Um, <laughs> yeah. That could, have, that could be a sponsor one day. Uh, and there he attracted the attention of the bishop and members of the upper class. He then traveled to the capital to meet with John of Kronstadt and acquire donations for the construction of the village church. Um, he arrived in 1905... Uh, and there is some there's some discrepancies on the time if it was 1903 and 1905, um, but he carried an introduction to Ivan Stradowski, the rector of the theological facility, and he stayed with Alexander Nevsky Larva, where he met with a bunch of other people and was they were amazed by his memory and his psychological propensity. Propensity? No, it's another word. Persipicity. Persipicity. Pers- it's like I can't read. Precipitation? No. Was you a, was you, did your family come from those illiterate peasants? <laughs> I don't what know. These are such big words, I told you. Um, but anyway, he was invited by um, Milica of Montenegro and her sister Anastasia. There you go. Anastasia. Anastasia. Different one. Not Anastasia Beaverhausen. They were both interested in Persian mysticism, spiritualism, and the occult. And in November of 1905, um, Milika presented Rasputin to Tsar Nicholas and his wife, Alexandra. Yeah, and this is, like I said, so... It's kind of a turning point for him. Yeah, because like like I was saying earlier, here you have this, this homeless guy, basically homeless, wanderer, peasant, you were being generous to him. He was also known to drink and carouse and uh, bang hookers. Uh, but he had the gift of gab. Bang hookers. He was banging every... He was like a loose screen door. He was banging everything every five minutes. Yeah, it was like he would be praying at the uh, monastery. He would be praying, uh, and then he'd leave the monastery and go right down the street to the brothel and um, sleep with hookers. Because he had to sin well, to get redemption. Well, no, we'll get, and I'm sure he'll get into that. But well, and what and what it seemed to me reading through this was, he just stumbled onto stuff. Like he didn't go. Looking. He was kind he of like a Forrest Gump. Type. He wasn't like the Forrest Gump of his this, time. You know, he wasn't on a journey of enlightenment. No, no, right. He was just he just went out. He stumbled upon this guy who's you know who said, "Hey, drink this Kool Aid." And so now he's got. His own Kool Aid drinkers. He's got his own yeah. followers, and um, uh, people are looking to him for uh, for no reason. For no reason, they were just like they were looking for him for answers. And he's basically, you know, he's got the gift of gab, and he talks a lot. And That's for what? And for what? He's like the Colonel. People go to him for guidance. And, he is like the yeah. Colonel, but. Had that just been all of the story, then we wouldn't be doing a podcast about him. No. But what happened is Brandy said he was introduced to the Tsar of Russia, Tsar Nicholas II, uh, November 1st, 1905. And um, the t- at the time, the Tsar of Russia was, uh, had complete control of the country. His, uh, whatever he said went. Um, 
and uh, he met uh, the czar. And in the czar's journal, um, the diary that he kept, he notes meeting Rasputin on November 1st, 1905, and he says, Today we met a man of God. Oh, good Lord. So Rasputin, you know, he, uh, not only were these uneducated peasants, you know, turning to Rasputin, which you can kind of understand if they're, you know, out there, they don't, they don't know any better, but he had the czar fooled at, uh, from the very beginning. So um, he, the next 10 years, that was 1905, over the next 10 years, he kind of worms his way into um, getting close with the um, first family as an advisor, as a confidant, and as a healer. The czar and the czarina, especially the czarina, who was really interested in mysticism and um, the occult and religion and um, she, you know, she was fascinated with him. And the Tsar and uh, Tsarina had five children. Four of them were girls. Of course, Anastasia being the most, probably the most famous. Mm-hmm. And their uh, youngest was a little boy, Alexei. And Alexei um, was the uh, heir to the, uh, the throne. <laughs> He was to replace, uh, he would stand in line to replace um, um, the czar, Nicholas II. But he was a uh, hemophiliac. And as, oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. And oh. a hemophiliac, as you know, um, they, their blood doesn't clot. And that is, you know, that would be a serious condition today, but you look at 1900, it was almost a death sentence. Um, it you know, came from all the inbreeding they did. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of inbreeding. The, uh, the Tsarina was from, originally from Germany, and she was, a, she was a relative with Queen Victoria. All these folks in, in the First World War, all these leaders were somehow related to Queen Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the leader of Germany, the leader of Britain, and um, and then uh, uh, Nicholas II. So there was this a lot of this, as the colonel said, a lot of inbreeding, and they think it was uh, it was in Queen Victoria's family the um, hemophilia. So um, so these their ma- their wedding, their marriage, um, the Tsar and Tsarina, Alexandria is Tsarina's name. They were uh, they were a real couple. They weren't a, just an arranged type of marriage. They really loved each other, and they really loved their kids. And like any parents that love their kids, they're naturally concerned about the health of their kids. Well, um, Alexei, being he was a hemophilia, uh, hemophiliac, um, they would call in doctors, and there just really wasn't much they could do for them. So out of desperation, they uh, they turned to Rasputin. And time and time again, whenever um, young Alexei would get sick and get, um, you know, look like he was going to die, the doctors would give up, and Rasputin would come and say, you know, he would come and, uh, you know, say some magic words or whatever, bless him or whatever the case would be, and sure enough, every time Alexei would get better. Now, Brandy, you're a parent. Yes. So if you were in that situation where doctors couldn't help one of your kids and this weirdo, even though he was a weirdo, would co- he would come along and say some magic words and help your son It was sick? Yeah. You would, I would totally let him. Exactly. And that was the case with um, the czar and czarina. And he made house calls because he <laughs> lived there. <laughs> he lived there. Well, he so he got in tight with them and... They were, they were kind of like, it was almost like they were a, a couple because they would get, they would, he would be tight with them and then he'd screw up. He would, you know, whip out his tallywhacker in public and there'd be a big scandal and they'd send him away. And then a couple months later, Alexia would get sick and they'd have to call for him again. And that went back and forth several times. But there was also rumors that he was tossing one in the Tsarina. Well, yeah, I'll get to that. So, um, I'm just saying. Yeah, there was rumors of that. Can't so, anyway. The uh, in 1912, um, Alexia got real sick. He had he had been out playing and he had fallen and he had Could a he hematoma. 
No, he couldn't get up. He didn't have one of those little <laughs> button-y things? Help me. No, Help he didn't. He had they actually had two... They actually had two... Um, he had two full-time guards that would just... Their job was just to protect him from, you know, falling or whatever. But for whatever reason... He screwed the pooch on Yeah, they, they failed him on this occasion. So he started to... He got real sick, and they, they really thought he was dying. Uh, doctors said, there's nothing more we can do. He was ministered to last rites. Um, they prepared a statement um, to announce that the, the heir had the heir to the throne had died, and you know he's eight years old. So the parents are at their um, you know they're at their wits' end. They're they're caring for him themselves. Um, you know that wasn't you know they had uh, servants and things, but they were they they were actually staying in, and he was in terrible pain, screaming out. He knew he was dying. The kid knew he was dying. Um, out of desperation, um, the Tsarina sends a telegram to Rasputin, who was, you know, he had gotten some trouble, and they sent him away. So they sent a tra- telegram to Rasputin in uh, Siberia, and the next day he responded, and he said uh, something to the effect that, um, don't worry, God has, has saw your tears, and the little boy will be okay. Uh, just don't let the doctors bother him too much. So they, they said, okay, they told the doctors to leave him alone, and guess what happens? He got better. He gets better. The fever breaks. He's, you know, he's feeling better. He gets his strength back. He recovers. So now Rasputin is in. I mean, he is in like Flint. Right. So um, he becomes this the very close uh, confidant advisor to the, 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 the first couple. In 1914, the war breaks out. The World War breaks out, and um, Rasputin, you know, he tells the Tsar, you know, let's not get involved with this. And, and now he he's moved from becoming just a faith healer to they're actually using him like, you know, he's like, like a political advisor. Yeah, he's like an advisor now. They're asking him all kind of stuff. Well, at first, the the people around the Tsar, uh, the you know, the elite. They kind of liked him because he was a strange individual. He would do these really inappropriate things at state dinners. He would, you know, goose the uh, gas and, you know, look at the women, you know, pull up the women's skirts or whatever. Just it's kind of like when you invite the blue hat devil to your house. Yeah, you never exactly. know what you're going to get. Like that at all. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. But it was kind of, you know, it was kind of cute to them. Oh, look what the... Yeah, well, kind of like look, the blue hat devil. Look what I mean, the little, crazy look, stuff. Look what the little like, peasant oh, is yeah. doing, you know. <clears throat> he doesn't know any better. But after a while, they started getting annoyed, especially when he was having real influence over the czar. Well, he told the czar not to get involved with the war, uh, not to declare war on Germany, because he said, if you do, it will be the end of the dynasty, the end of the monarchy, and every, um, the, you will, the whole family will be killed. But instead of listening to Rasputin, um, which, of course, Russia did get involved when um, Austria attacked Serbia, and then they declared war on Germany, and then the whole world war started, um, and things did not go well. They, the Tsar had hoped the war would have been over. It started in August 1914. He was hoping it to be over in December of 1914. By December 1914, they had lost 100 or 1.5 million soldiers in Russia. So it wasn't going well. People on the home front was getting upset. So the Tsar says, I'm going to rally the troops. I'm going to the front line myself. And all of his advisors says, no, you know, they told him, no, don't do that. The military folks, no, you need to stay here. You need to stay in the capital. But Rasputin says, yeah, go ahead. Give it a shot. That's a good idea. <laughs> see what happens. And see what happens. So the czar goes off to the front, and that leaves um, in control of the government, Tsarina. Tsarina was from Germany originally. So here we are, Russia at war with Germany, and now the Tsarina is kind of handling the day-to-day um, <clears throat> functions of the government. And guess who her advisor is? Rasputin. Rasputin, this homeless soothsayer guy. It would be like, you know, Michelle and Barack Obama picking a guy up out of the park and taking him home and saying, hey, tell us, what should we do today? You know, what should be our policies toward uh, Iran? I mean, that kind of thing. So, anyway, there were rumors that uh, the Tsarina and uh, Rasputin was, as Chuck said, uh, closer than, they had more than just a friendship, although I really haven't seen anything to you know, that 
gives that much credence. But um, he was banging a lot of people. Well, I think that's a, that. That was some tweets. There were some letters. Sure yeah, there were some letters out there that seemed uh, that <clears throat> they were a little bit closer, but um, than more than just friends. They refer to Rasputin in their letters together, uh, the Tsarina and the Tsar, as our friend in air quotes. So anyway, um, that the uh, Rasputin's. Um, uh, because he was, they were, the czar was listening to Rasputin and taking his advice. I got it kind of like, I don't know how you guys took it, but I took it like the czar was kind of neutral, but the czarina was kind of bought into him, and right. he was just trying to placate his wife. Yeah. So um, with the czarina and the capital kind of controlling things, uh, things start to fall apart. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. People are pissed off. There's, uh, you know, crowds in the street. Dissension. Dissension and demanding that, you know, that uh, they're calling for her uh, head. They're calling for Rasputin's head. And um, the elite uh, decide to take the matters in their own hands. And they decide that they're going to knock off Rasputin. And Charles is going to tell us about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that um, first. Though we did skip over an important part of the show, um, we like to thank our sponsor today. It's South Bend Proctology. South Bend Proctology. What? Mm-hmm. South Bend Proctology. Okay. Where they got skinny fingers and warm gloves. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's their claim you to fame. South Bend that. Proctology. Thank you for sponsoring our show today. Yes, Anybody needs a checkup up there, uh, go see them. Check up from the neck up. Yeah, because they ain't nothing worse than a, than a proctologist with the fat fingers because they got to get elbow deep in there to get things checked out. Is there lube? Do they use lube? Oh, it's up there, absolutely. They give you extra. They don't cost you a dime extra either. That's good to hear. All but right, anyway, now back to Rasputin. <clears throat> back to Rasputin, the Russian love machine. Now, there are three guys who decide to take him out. You got the Grand Duke, Dmitri. Um, and I'm gonna just going to go with first names here. That's fine. Exactly. It's easier See, to yeah, keep we, them straight. we got to do some English names here. Yeah, so yeah. and plus people don't care. Right. But you got the Grand Duke Dimitri. You got Vladimir, who's just a noble. These are three noblemen. And then you got Prince Felix. Now, Prince Felix, uh, he a prince, so, you know, he's, he got a stake in this whole thing. So they, they devise a plan, and, and the, the key to the plan is Rasputin. He's just a horny devil. And Felix got a really, really hot wife, Irina. So Felix, he over 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 about a month or so becomes friends with Rasputin. I just want to say that the Colonel comes sometimes goes really into bizarre <laughs> stories, but this bizarre story is actually true. This is actually true. Yeah, this yeah. is actually this this is the most fascinating part of the story. So Felix mentioned it, uh, to Rasputin that they're going to have a little soiree at his house, and they invite him over. 
So he's going to, to go and bang the Duke's wife. That's that's, that's Rasputin plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rasputin's going to show up, and, and he cannot going to be there. Rasputin can't pass up. Uh, oh no, any he, woman. No, he. Oh, he. He's. Oh no. But these were some crafty devils mm-hmm. put a plan together here. So Felix tells now Rasputin has a guard around him all the time because he's feeling a little nervous at this time. So does Arena give him a guard? But the guard always leave by midnight. Mm-hmm. So they tell him, we're going to come and pick you up after midnight. Good and plan. we're going to have a little little party at our house. So about midnight, December 16th, 1916, they go pick him up. They take him back to Felix's house. They got some pastries and finger, wine finger food. and finger all food. kinds of stuff. Now, there was a doctor there, um, Dr. Lazarus. Bombay. Before Rasputin get there... He dump a bunch of cyanide potassium onto the pastries and into the wine. Just half of them. So Just the plan to, was to take him out by poison. They were going to poison him. Yeah. And Rasputin was a heavy drinker. He was a heavy drinker. So Felix gets adds, it's just like a perfect plan. But it wasn't. What happened? Well, they're waiting for Irina, okay? Mm-hmm. Felix offers Rasputin some of the poison pastries, and Rasputin says, oh, no, no, they're too sweet. I don't like those things. And it's a one night that Rasputin decides to behave himself and not drink any wine. Damn him. Yeah. So Felix's like, what the hell? So Felix run upstairs to talk to Vladimir and Dimitri because he don't know what to do now, you know. But then he walks back downstairs, and Rasputin had changed his mind. And he just munching down on these cyanide lace pastries. So back to plan A. Back to plan A. He guzzling the cyanide wine. So Felix is like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to sit here and watch this. This is going to be funny. Mm-hmm. And he sits there. And he sits there some more. Two hours later, he's still drinking the poison wine, eating the poison pastries. And the damn thing happened to Nothing him. Nothing happening. Nothing happened to him at all. That would be. That's what would happen if I tried to kill somebody with poison. <laughs> he's just sitting there waiting yeah. for the drop. I'm just and, waiting, and nothing is going yeah, on. Nothing, nothing. It's like it, he didn't even ask for an alka yeah. He he wasn't even getting jittery from all the sugar in the pastries. I mean, he was <laughs> nothing. So now uh, Felix getting really worried again. They're starting to panic at this point. So he makes an excuse to uh, go upstairs. Felix grab a gun from Dimitri. He go back downstairs now. Rasputin don't see Felix coming downstairs. Right. And he's looking at this uh, this piece of, this beautiful ebony cabinet. And Felix say to him, Grigory Iminov, you would do better to look at the crucifix and pray to it. Really? That's, that's what the, the hell kern- are you doing? That's the Colonel Russian accent. Yeah. Oh, my God. Gregory Eminoff, you would do better to look at the crucifix and pray to it. Basically saying, hey, look over there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, he, what, what he tell him is, your time over, yeah. Rasputin. And Felix raised the gun up, shot him in the back. Boom. Rasputin down. Oh, uh, he's got to be dead now. Problem solved. He's got to be dead now. Yeah. So, now, there's a policeman. He hit a shot, and he... uh goes over and wants to know if anything going on and they tell him no ain't nothing going on no, okay. oh, damn it. So, <clears throat> kind of like the night that the light went out in Georgia yep. they tell him it was probably just a car backfiring yeah, probably. so the policeman he go back to his post now uh, they go but now these guys you know they're celebrating they go upstairs to celebrate right. they're going to have a party now, now this this way you make your mistake folks Make sure the man dead before you celebrate the death, all right? Especially if he's a confidant of the czar. Yeah. Yeah, so they go upstairs where there ain't no poison food right. to have a party. And uh, about an hour later, Felix, you know, he feeling pretty drunk, feeling pretty good. He going to go downstairs and take a look at him. Yeah, just uh, kind yeah. of kick the tires, make sure he's yeah. still dead. And he noticed the body seemed kind of warm still. So he <laughs> shaked the body. No reaction. Felix start to turn away and then notice Rasputin left eye open up. <laughs> open up. He, he like dragged crap his pain until yeah. it happened. Some bitch still alive. Now I'll tell you what one time one time I this happened to the colonel. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, it didn't. 
No, not the same thing, but yeah. pretty much the same thing. It didn't, no. I try, I try to get into my house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Big old raccoon just standing in my doorway. Yeah. So I said, come on, this is my house. Shoot, Mr. Raccoon. He get up on his hind legs, show his teeth at me. I'm like, no, nah, nah, we can't have that, Mr. Raccoon. Mm-hmm. So the colonel go back down around and go into the garage and come back, get him a baseball bat and says, look here, Mr. Raccoon. I'm going to give you one more chance to get out of here. Get out of here. Fair warning. Yeah. Raccoon, you know how they got those little hands and stuff? He may as well just flip the colonel the bird. He showed me his teeth again, back up on his hind legs, right in front of my screen door. No no respect. <clears throat> Not a bit. Colonel crack him right in the head with a baseball bat. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we've just lost all of our animal lovers, but... No! He was a rabid raccoon. You gotta go. You gotta put him down. Okay. So, uh... Anyway, you know, it over. The raccoon done. Mm-hmm. I ain't got no problem. Except, you know what? This raccoon just took a baseball bat in the head, and he ain't dead. Oh, I swear to like he just stumbling around. So the colonel beat him a little bit. This is not a good I had to beat story. some bitch yeah. for, for, for a little while. We're losing <clears throat> listeners. That okay. The story goes Back to the, but not a great story. <laughs> I called this. After I was done with the raccoon, I had to call him Rasputin. Right. And throw him in the thing, because that's right. how tough this raccoon was. Right. Just like Rasputin. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Felix downstairs, he feeling around, Rasputin warm. All of a sudden, Rasputin spring to his feet and grab Felix around the neck. He's kind of pissed now. Oh, he's mad. Felix probably did shit little green men at that point. Yeah, I now, well, he struggles. <clears throat> he gets free. And he runs upstairs shouting, he's still alive, he's still alive. <laughs> now, Dimitri runs downstairs only to find that Rasputin. Was he on the set of Gone with the Wind when he said that? <laughs> he find that Rasputin. Nah. What's Rasputin doing? He running across the yard. <laughs> he's running across the yard. I'm going to go tell the czar. He's gonna say, and he's saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling the czarina what you folk did to me. <laughs> and, uh. So anyway, you, can't, you couldn't blame him, really. No. Yeah, no, 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 no. <clears throat> so Vladimir, he start running after him. He wouldn't got the gun. Just, you just Vladimir got the that? gun. God. So he start running priceless. after him. He fires his gun. He misses. Sure. Fires again. Misses. But then he does what all good marksmen do, you know, to get yourself. He actually there. aims. No, he bit himself on the hand. Bit down on his hand very hard to just. Calm his nose and get his concentration back. Hmm. Fires one, hits Rasputin right in the back. Rasputin drops to his knees. Vladimir walks up to him, puts one right in the back of his head. Now that had to kill him. Rasputin, some bitch, starts crawling across the yard. (laughs) I mean, he crawling. After being poisoned and shot three times, oh yeah, and I, f- I forgot to mention that when he was laying down on the ground, when he when he went down there, for some reason, Demet- uh, Felix got so mad while while uh, Rasputin in the house, he took a two pound dumbbell and beat the hell out of him over the head with it. So Rasputin got this pulpy head, his whole head. He so been shot up. in the head, his beaten head. the head. <clears throat> yeah, it looked like raspberry jam coming out of his ears. But but I'll be damned if he ain't crawling across the yard. So uh, it's like a cockroach. <clears throat> he finally, finally drop over. He's got to be dead at this point. Well, Vladimir come up and kick him in the head a couple times. And, you got to uh, make sure. Yeah, you got to make sure. So they bind up his arms with, you know, rope and stuff, wrap him in a heavy cloth, and it's almost dawn now. They're getting worried because they got to get rid of his body. So Felix stays at home to clean himself up because I, I think when Rasputin jumped up, and I think he may have soiled right. himself. Yeah, so he, he may have soiled himself. He, he cleaned himself up. The other two, they throw the body in the car. So they run off. They know where they're going to get rid of their body. It's part of the plan. So they uh, they throw the body over the bridge. That was the plan to throw it in the river. Yeah. Now the dumb some bitches. Okay. Now, 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 kids, if you're listening at home and you ever got to get rid of a body and you're gonna throw it in the river, weigh it down. Weigh the body down. Okay. But the river was the river was frozen. Wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah. They put, but they pre they cut a hole in it. Yeah. 
They cut a hole in it. A right. lesson from your old Uncle Chap. Yeah, you got you got to do two things. Two things. You got to stab the body a bunch of time to puncture the organs or the gases build up and it floats to the top, and you got to wear it down. And you got to wear it down with chain that don't rust because the chain rusts and all of a sudden the skeleton and the flesh come off and the body and they're looking at you all of a sudden. You know, hopefully... You, you know got, way too much about this. I have concerns. <clears throat> I watched the CSI. All right, all right. Okay, I watched the CSI. Well, apparently they didn't in Russia at the time have CSI. No, but now remember, I want you to remember this. Rasputin, they got his arms and hands tied, okay? Mm-hmm. Now they throw him in a river, mm-hmm. and uh, so the next day, Rasputin don't show up. People getting a little suspicious. Well, about three days later, Rasputin showed up. <laughs> and, like we, and he was like a celebrity at this point. I mean, he was in all yeah. the tabloids. They had, actually, had tabloids during this time. They and he did. was like yeah. he was in. Uh, yeah. his, it was a you didn't you couldn't sell any newspapers unless you had a Rasputin story to sell. Yeah, the Globe. Yeah, the Globe. Yeah, they had the they had the. Uh, it wasn't the National Enquirer. What was the? Uh, it was St. The, Petersburg. Enquirer. It was the. I don't um, know. Oh, I don't know. It was the Union Enquirer. Yeah, something. Yeah. But, Not the nation, uh, but the he Union. was. He was, uh, you know, he was always in the in the media in the news, and when he didn't show up, people got suspicious. Yeah. Now, we got to go back to this policeman because these guys is all drunk, right? And uh, the policeman that originally, you know, came and checked on the shot, well, f- for whatever reason, before they dumped Vladimir's body, Vladimir, before they dumped Rasputin's body, Vladimir, the policeman originally told her, calls him back and tells him what they did. He tells him what they did. So, obviously, they the first suspects. But they ain't got a body, so they right. can't prove nothing. And, and, you know, and this, you got to remember, Rasputin, I mean, he's the savior of this little boy, the czar's kid. So, you, you Yeah. You, you oh, know, the, the, the czar is not pay. happy at all. Right, there's going to be hell happy pay. at all. Right. Yeah, so, so there's an investigation. Uh, they show up at the house, and... Uh, they see blood all over, and uh, that would be that would raise suspicion. I would you think. Well, Felix tells him, "Oh, we shot a dog as a joke." Oh, the old ah, I shot the dog, yeah. dog now, joke. Now, first of all, what kind of hell joke is that? Shooting a dog. It's not very funny. Well, it ain't too damn funny at all. The colonel he don't he don't cotton to shooting no dog. You love animals. That's quite quite Which clear. Is obvious from yeah. his raccoon story. Well, exactly. I mean, unless they got the rabies, like the raccoon, or old yellow, or whatever, you got to put them down. Sometimes yellow did not yeah. have rabies. Oh, oh yellow did. Oh yellow, yeah. It's so sad to hear that. Arliss had to shoot him. It made me cry. Damn, well, you didn't. I didn't watch. What's all wrong that. with you? He didn't uh, cry at Rudy either. I stopped watching it after about twenty minutes. What? Oh. You ain't even, I don't even know if you're American. Can but anyway, Tommy. so the Tsarina is informed, you know, that uh, the investigation's open. There just ain't no body. Well, they find a bloody shoe by the bridge. and That's then, a clue. Yeah, and then they go find another hole because they didn't weigh the body down. They didn't poke the holes in the air things, in the lungs. They thought it was going to float away to Finland or something, but yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> but here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. When they pulled him out, the some bitch had his hands untied. He was still alive when they threw his ass in the river. He yeah. drowned. <laughs> you want he died up? There was water in his lungs. He di- he drowned. They shot him poison, beat him, kicked him in the head, beat him with a dumbbell. The only thing. And if the you, only thing they didn't do was drive a stake through his damn heart. And if you if you if you want to see his picture on the guy looks like he could be in Black Sabbath. I mean, he's got long black hair. He, he looks kind of mystic like. But they have a picture of, if you go on the internet and google him, you'll see the picture of him after he was shot. And he's got a bullet, clearly bullet right in his skull. I mean, yeah. like his, half his head was blown off. Oh, yet, yeah. he, yet he somehow got out of this carpet that they had tied him up in. And threw him in the river. He actually got out of that somehow and ended up drowning. Well, they did an autopsy on him. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what they found. A bunch of alcohol in his system. That helps. Come find the poison. Poison, apparently, he just he just immune to it. He liked the honey badger. The honey badger get bit by the... poison. Yeah, the honey badger get bit by a cobra. He just go on. Rasputin, mm-hmm. he drink the cyanide. Rasputin. Rasputin, the honey badger of Russia, is what he is. My, my, next year, my fantasy football team, they're going to be the Rasputins. All right. But, uh, so anyway, this is what they find in autopsy. Okay. 
three bullet wounds. The first one entered the chest to the left, hitting his stomach, liver. The second one hit his kidneys. And the third bullet entered his head, entered his brain. And he's still crawling across the yard. I mean, that's one. And you know what they found? What? Water in his lungs. Water he drowned. He drowned. He drowned. Rasputin drowned. Now, <clears throat> So they all know who did this. They right. can't really prove it because they ain't got the ESI, the CSI or right. NCIS right. or FBI or whatever. They got the KGB, I suppose. I don't, but think, it, I don't think it was, I think it was pre-KGB, but probably some form of it. In some form. But they, they, I'd imagine it was pretty inept. Um, hmm. So the only thing we know, Felix, he got exiled. They didn't, they didn't kill none of these guys. Dimitri, he got sent off to the war. And Vladimir, well, they don't really stick. Now, you talk about looking up on the Internet. If you do a Google search for Rasputin penis, you will see a jar. Why would you do a Google search? Please don't do it at work. Don't do it at work. (laughs) I I will caution you to not do it at work. But uh, there is a, uh, it's, nobody can tell if this is true or not, but some say out of spite. Um, Now, also, they uh, Rumor has it that Felix and Dimitri were homosexuals. Yeah, um, that, that there was a rumor that that it wasn't really his wife that he was trying to hook him up with. It right. was really him that he was. Yeah, and and he was ask he was paying Rasputin to pleasure him. Yeah, that was one of the other rumors. But when it, I don't know how much pleasure thirteen inches. Well, but that's another story. But. Anyway, well, it's like Carl Panzer. Could you imagine poor Carl Panzer with the... But anyway, they put it in... They chopped it off, and supposedly later a nurse or somebody found it in the house, uh, and then they they threw it in a jar. Yeah, yeah, it was... uh, Yeah, somebody had hung their coat up on it or was using it as a cane or whatever. I don't know. But really, you um, should if you don't look up his penis, definitely look up Rasputin and uh, just to see what he looks like because he has these. I'd say look up the penis too. He does have like crazy that. eyes. His eyes they, they were said to be. You can even see that through these old black and white photos that his eyes are somewhat different. They said it were his eyes were wider than the normal person's eyes, and I've seen his eyes described as gray, as black, as blue, as green, and some multicolored. So, I mean, he has some screwed up eyes, so which probably plays into his whole mystic thing. But checking out on uh, the Internet. He should have been in Twilight. <laughs> he Twilight could have been, been a character he, in Twilight. He could have been a character in Twilight. So Rasputin dies. Before he dies, you know, and he warns the first family, should anything happen to him. Oh, it's going to be bad news for them. It's going to be bad news for the whole family. Within a year, he says, if I, but within a year of my death, the whole family will die. And what happens within a year, Chuck? They take them down to the cellar and they machine gun the hell out the of them. Uh, yep. the Except for Anastasia, she escaped. Well, we don't. Yeah, that's a mystery. But the whole, the czar, the czarina, the four, three of the daughters anyway. Did you watch the were, movie Anastasia? I, I, I watched The Disney one. The Disney one. She yeah. escaped. We well, know. that's allegedly. That's allegedly. We'll do, a, we'll do a podcast <laughs> on that some other time. So okay. any... Final words. So Rasputin goes through all that. He finally dies. The czar is overthrown, of course. The communist revolution happens. And that is the end of our podcast. Did you have any other thoughts, Colonel? Before I, yeah, I ain't got nothing to say about this. But I mean, I said everything I could say. The only thing they didn't do is run him over with a car. Yeah, and we didn't even go in. We didn't even go into. I I mean, I skipped over because of time. But he was. uh, There was an attempt assassination of him. Uh, less than a year before yeah. that, where a lady came up to him, stabbed him, walking mm-hmm. down the street, and he beat her away with a stick, and he almost yeah. died. So he was. I, he I was don't know. He even bled when the lady stabbed him. Well, he said he bled. He lost a lot of blood, and he did an operation on him, but uh, he survived that, and only to go through this. That's when he got the guard. The, that's yeah, when they he gave, gave him the guard. Yeah. Um, Brandy, what's your thoughts? Final thoughts on Rasputin? Do you like Rasputin? I admire the fact that. He was able to just worm his way into is that wild into power? Yeah, like he because had power. He had power, and he was he was an idiot who oh. who had who changed the course of history just 
you know, like I said, if he was, uh, you know, the colonel has known to embellish stories. I mean, it would be like the colonel going and, you know, sitting down with Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Putin saying, Colonel, tell me what I should do about, you know, the Ukraine. And and listen to him. I'm not really sure how I feel about that because I believe I could give... Vladimir, what I tell him is get your ass out to Ukraine. Well, because it ain't doing nobody any good. You're just gonna, you know, you're gonna be there for the next thirty years, getting your ass shot off. Well, but, but I mean, it was it'd Vladimir be similar. wouldn't listen to me. Yeah, Vladimir wouldn't listen to you. No, no. but but uh, so yeah, Rasputin, a pretty interesting character. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts <laughs> before we wrap up another uh, award-winning nah. episode of History Dweebs? Thank you for listening. That's all I can say. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the nice emails. Check us out on? Check us out on Facebook, uh, History Dweebs. Check out our webpage, historydweeb.com. Um, I'm going to be on the Jimmy Fallon show sometime next month. Not really. Um, I'll give you the dates all. on the next podcast. But please do, because I want yeah. to catch yeah. that. We're, yeah. Yeah, we'll make sure that we get on yeah. that. Um, yeah, the blue head devil uh, going to get, we, we, we got to call it a yellow head devil now. It's, yeah, it's starting to fade. It's fading out. It is, but, you know. Oh, that's some blue when you do that. Oh, that's what we call it a grand. I, I, get, I really get two, ma- two questions from people who listen to the podcast. One, of uh, course, is, um, is the colonel really retarded? And I kind of I don't address that. Well, you can't you can't relate to me for sure, <laughs> right? And then the other is, do you really have blue hair? And she does. I do. She I does do have, have blue, blue hair. hair. Now we just went through to through some training about sensitivity, and I'm you just start sen- calling people retarded. <laughs> well, I'm, I didn't call you retarded. I said I get to ask that question. I was well, I was you merely quoting saying that would be learning impaired or yeah, well, or, but not hearing impaired, hard, hearing impaired like or whatever. Yeah, well, I would say, I, I, I tell them that you're a very nice person whenever they ask that question. Okay, that's all for this time. We'll see you next time on History Tweets. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.